BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. All we can be sure of is this. Zach Berry and Grayson Weir are hashtag not committed. I love a good train wreck. Hey, what up? This is Not Committed. I'm your host, Zach Barry. We are here once again. Co-host Grayson Weir. Recapping the 2022 class with the asterisks next to it because I do anticipate some more portal movement as we get into the spring and work our way into the summer. A uh, lot went on yesterday. Uh, Grayson's going to get into it here in a moment. I'm going to tee it up, and then uh, he's going he's gonna to have at it. Um, but a lot went on yesterday. How, how are we doing, buddy? Oh, we're doing great. It's just another day, another great day to be a Rebel. You know, every day is a great day to be a Reb, and waking up in the morning feels great. Life is good. Let's rock. So yesterday, um, I guess you personally got everybody into quite the tizzy. Um, after National Signing Day, uh, Jimbo Fisher, um, the head coach of the Texas A&M Aggies, signed um, on three is now dubbing it as the greatest recruiting class ever, uh, looking at various outlets, various uh, recruiting rankings uh, with the total score that they were able to put together. Um, eight five-star recruits from the on three consensus rankings have already signed. Um, you've got the likes of Walter Nolan, Shamar Stewart, Gabriel Brownlow, Dindy. Um, they remain the leader right now. I don't know if you saw this this morning. Uh, former 2023 five-star Levius Overton has now reclassified into the 2022 class. Um, A&M is the favorite to land him. Uh, they also signed Evan Stewart, Chris Marshall, Denver Harris, Connor Wigman, and Jacoby Matthews. Uh, so quite the haul for the Aggies. Uh, Lane Kiffin was, um, you, you know, didn't really hold back when uh, <laughs> talking about um, <laughs> the portal, NIL, how things have quickly changed um, with recruiting and and just how, you know, coaches are having to go about their business and, you know, put together these classes um, it was, uh, it, look, I mean, it's just Lane being Lane. Um, I didn't think there was anything, um, you know, I don't, I don't think he stepped out of bounds at all with what he said. Um, I mean, it's just him being as, as honest as he always is. Um, 
And again, he's not going to hold anything back when he talks about it. Um, he used the uh, term salary cap. Um, some of the quotes here. Um, he, he used the phrase transfer class. Um, or I guess when people were asking him about it, they used the term transfer class and he kind of laughed. Um, like Kevin said, uh, quote, obviously kind of a strange year and how things are. It's almost like take, talking about a draft class and a free agency class in the NFL in the same time frame, which doesn't happen. Uh, we just try to make the best of the situation. Um, you know, he went on further to say, you know, he's proud of the staff. They maximized uh, everything, did a great job. Um, he basically, you know, said that the staff said, quote, okay, here's the rules that are kind of in the portal. And they kind of figured it out throughout the end of the season. Um, the quote that I think really got people stirred up, it, you know, Jimbo specifically, uh, quote, we don't have the same funding and resources as some of these schools do with these NIL deals, It's basically like dealing with different salary caps. We have a sport that has completely different salary caps than some of these schools that are five, ten times more than everybody else and what they can pay the players. I know nobody uses the phrase, uh, uses the phrases, but it is what it is. Um, he then later said, I joked the other day that I didn't know if Texas A&M was going to incur a luxury tax and how much they paid for their signing class. So that was what really got things going. Um, Jimbo Fisher held his press conference after signing day uh, and didn't really hold back. He said, I don't really care what they think. Those guys want to make comments. They can come see me if they mean them. Um, here's what I'm going to say, and this, and this is point blank. Here's my problem. There is no $30 million fund. There is no $5 million. There is no $10 million. This is garbage, and it pisses me off. It comes from a site called Bro Bible by a guy named Slice Bread. Uh, end quote. He then later on said, and then to have coaches in our league across this league to say it, clown acts, irresponsible as hell. Multiple coaches in our league and the guys griping about NIL, griping about the transfer portal are using it the most and bragging about it the most. That's the ironic part. You want character? It's a joke and it does piss me off. It's funny when Nick Saban said his quarterback got an $800,000 deal, it was wonderful. Now it ain't wonderful no more. Then we gripe about the transfer portal. You guys take more than everybody. The hypocrisy is a joke. It's an absolute joke. All right, Grayson. Uh, he did throw out um, your employer there uh, in the quotes. So I want to go ahead and just, like I said, I'm going to tee it up and uh, let you uh, just uh, say your piece here and uh, give a response to, to Coach Fisher. Okay. Everybody at home, whether you're in your car, at your office, whatever you are, at this point in the day, buckle up because it's about to get a little, a little hot in here. So Jimbo Fisher said the words. I don't know if you can hear my dog barking in the background, but he's barking in the background. He said the words, this $30 million thing is a joke. There's an, the, this idea that there's some fund out there and it was written on bro Bible by a guy named Slice bread. And now all of a sudden the country believes it. That's, that is verbatim what he said. Now, let me, let me begin this rant by saying, my name is not Sliced Bread. My name is Grayson Weir. I write as Grayson Weir. I do not write under a synonym, a fake name, anything like that. My name is Grayson Weir. I wrote the article on brobible.com. However, where he got this Sliced Bread? On January 4th, I got a DM from somebody out on the Western side of the country, out near Oklahoma, out near the west side of Texas, 
with a post from a message board. And on the message board now, we know that message boards can also have a lot of, you know, rumors and things of nature that people hear in a gym that their buddy made up, whatever. But this message board was sent to me and it says, the number that I've heard in regards to Texas A&M's recruiting class is between 25 and 30 million. That was as of first dining day. And then he goes on to say a bunch of other stuff about Oklahoma. So this guy, his name was Slice Bread, the poster. Now I was able to identify Slice Bread, the poster, as somebody with direct recruiting knowledge in the Southwest region. So Oklahoma, Texas, as in this person knows what it's like to get involved in recruiting against schools like Texas A&M, like the University of Texas, because he is directly involved with recruiting at Oklahoma. And now I'll let you kind of put the pieces together there, but let's just say that a bank account may or may not factor into his involvement, right? So I was able to verify the fact that this source sliced bread though posted on a message board, is somebody with knowledge of the area. So I ran with it because I was able to verify it. Now, mind you, is that 20 to 20, 25 to $30 million number price tag, the exact number? Not necessarily, but it was it likely a small fortune that Texas A&M spent on this recruiting class? Yes. So I ran with it on January 4th and wrote an article that says Texas A&M boosters spent an unfathomable amount of money to land the number one recruiting class per a report. And now you can question the, the word report, whether it was loose, whatever. Again, I was able to verify sliced bread as someone who knows what it's like to compete against a school like Texas A&M or Texas in recruiting. So I ran with it. Boom, all of a sudden it takes off. I've got all kinds of Aggie fans in my mentions. We don't really hear anything of it after it dies down after the first week until Tuesday. On Tuesday, Lane Kiffin makes his comment about Texas A&M and their luxury tax. Clearly, Jimbo Fisher didn't like that. So he calls me out indirectly because he thought my name was sliced bread by basically doing exactly what Hugh Freeze did in 2013 by saying, if you have facts about a violation, send it to compliance at olmes.edu. If not, please do not slander these young men or insult their family. Jimbo basically did the same thing yesterday, except for the fact that what Jimbo and Texas A&M is probably doing is completely legal. At no point did I say that Texas A&M coaches are walking up to a recruit saying, hey man, we'll give you X amount of money in turn for your commitment. That's not how it's working. We all know this. College football fans know this. Jimbo Fisher knows this because he's involved in the entire landscape that has changed under NIL. What's happening is a recruit is identified for a specific recruiting class. A point donor then heads that recruiting effort. So that point donor gathers other donors around him or her to create an LLC. The LLC then sponsors that recruit and pays out the deals for name, image, and likeness if and when he enrolls. So at no point in time is someone saying, hey, we have this deal set up for you. 
It's, hey, we know of XYZ money that exists in terms of NLI, NIL. We know of money that's out there for, you know, our recruits that come here. Take Texas, for example, paying their offensive line $50,000 a year just to be on scholarship. So they're able to say to recruits, hey, we know that this money is out there, but then nothing can be done officially until a recruit signs with the school and enrolls at the university. At that point, that recruit can then go and officially sign those deals, right? So Jimbo Fisher's teeing off on me, thinking that I'm sliced bread, which I am not sliced bread, on the fact that he is doing something legal. He is doing something legal. Him and his program have taken advantage of the system that Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban and Lincoln Riley and all of these guys have talked about and then denying it instead of saying, yes, NIL did have a factor in this recruiting class because everybody knows that it did because that's the landscape of college football these days. And he has even said in the past that NIL deals, never implicating himself, but he has said in the past that NIL deals have always existed. They just weren't legal. And we know that to be true based on the 2013 recruiting class that you know, got popped. And coincidentally enough, let, let's, let's think about this for a minute. Who's the athletic director at Texas A&M? Is it not the man who oversaw the violations at Ole Miss? He has a lot of experience dealing with uh, illegal uh, things. Exactly. But now they're able to do it legally. So Jimbo's coming out upset that Lane, you know, ultimately got his skin, got under his skin, comes at me, comes at my employer, comes at sliced bread, who again, I was able to verify someone with direct knowledge of the recruiting landscape out in that area. All to say that he's doing something, he is not doing something, his school is not doing something, his recruiting class had nothing to do with NIL, even though NIL is a completely legal entity. It's absurd. It makes no sense whatsoever, especially considering the fact that let's be honest here, sure, is Kyle Field a cool place to play? Absolutely. Is Texas A&M a SEC program with a championship, national championship head coach? Yes. But they went eight and four last season. And now they have the greatest recruiting class of all time when crude oil is at the highest it's been since 2015. <laughs> There's not a coincidence there. When you look at the chart between Texas A&M's recruiting classes through the years and the price of crude oil per barrel, there's a direct correlation from 2015 to 2022. And it's ignorant of Jimbo to come out and say, NIL had nothing to do with his recruiting class. Because it did. Because everybody knows it did. Because it's legal. Because it's doing being done everywhere to where money is being floated to a recruit, not directly in turn for their commitment. That is not a legal thing under the NCAA's rules for NIL. You cannot pay a recruit in turn for their commitment. 
You can't, but you can let them know about money that exists. Everybody's doing it. Texas A&M is doing it, whether Jimbo wants to come out and say it or not. So the fact that he's going off about this is truly unbelievable. I mean, it's just this man, it's just absurd. I mean, it's absurd. And to make things even better, in his press conference, in which he, you know, at first he said the comments about sliced bread and bro Bible on CBS Sports HQ during their recruiting show. And then during his press conference, he took the time to waste his breath and talk about other coaches saying that he knows how ready, listen, listen to this quote very carefully, everybody out there. He knows how some quote, I know how some of those guys recruit too. He said the word too, T-O-O. Too is a synonym for the word also. So Jimbo is saying that he knows how some of those guys, referring to Nick Saban and Lane Kiffin and everybody else in the country who is using NIL to help with their recruiting platform and the recruiting system and their recruiting, whatever you want to call it. He is saying that he knows how some of those guys recruit too. He knows how some of those guys recruit also. Is he not directly including himself in that conversation by saying the word too? It's ridiculous. And to make my final thought here, at the Under Armour All-American Bowl, Texas A&M had, I believe, six of their recruiting class playing in that game. The picture that the the picture that they that was going around that was getting posted of all the Aggies like commits that were there, it, it seriously looked like it was like starting eleven on defense. Yeah, which which is great, good for them. They took advantage of a legal system and did a great job with it because the price of oil is up. Credit to them. But at the time. Jimbo even came out and said that NIL definitely played a factor in his recruiting class. He said it himself. And then just because Lane Kiffin pissed him off, he's going to come out and deny something that it's actually a positive. It's ridiculous. And I, I cannot believe that, that I and Sliced Bread the two of us together, <laughs> was the number one trending topic on Twitter for almost three hours. It's days like yesterday that remind me why this sport is so amazing, why we do what we do. It was so ridiculous and so, I mean, unfathomably untrue that you can't help but sit back and enjoy and watch. It was, it was, it was such a fantastic juxtaposition of a guy that's getting paid as much as Jimbo Fisher is getting paid, and then saying right. that money, money is is not is not the uh, deciding factor, or you know, he whether or not the staff had signees go on social media and say it. There were a couple A and M guys that were like, you know, well, if NIL had anything to do with it, I would have gone somewhere else. Yeah, yeah, okay. Um, look, I, you said it earlier. Why isn't he embracing this? 
Right. And say and same with Nick Saban. Like Nick Saban had the audacity to say the same thing. Like, oh, we're we're not paying players. Like, come on, dude, stop. Well, his just like at this point, at this point, it's not like it's not like you need a statute of limitations here. Like, who can just just say, yeah, we're doing it. It's great. Come here, you'll get paid. We'll get we'll get you a sweet nil deal for you know Tuscaloosa County Chevy, and you'll get a brand new you know freaking Chevy Blazer or whatever. Who cares? I I don't understand. I it's 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 good for you now. It, like it's it's something that you can sell to your program if someone is on the fence. And they might want to go somewhere else. Well, hey, man, we got great facilities. we got a nice stadium. We play in the SEC. We've got really good players. We've got a ton of talent that you can put yourself, you know, surround yourself with. You can challenge yourself every day. Also, why don't we throw in an NIL deal where you do a couple commercial spots and you get a sweet new car? Like, it's – I don't understand. I think it's stupid. And I think it just makes Jimbo Fisher and other coaches who want to deny it look stupid. It does. Like, just embrace it. Who cares? Like, at this point, it's out there. Like, it is – they're literally telling you, have at it. Now, I think Lane Kiffin's on to something because I do think they're going to eventually have to do some kind of salary cap. They're going to have to do something to regulate it because – I mean, look, it – it was already flipped. I mean, it, the, the scales were already tipped in the favor of the big programs that have more money than everybody else. But I think they're going to have to do something to regulate NIL deals, and they're going to have to do something pertaining to the portal and have some kind of window like the English Premier League has. Um, you've got to do something to where it's not just hellfire every single day, you know, 365 days out of the year. Um you know, they have the cutoff for being eligible for spring practice. You know, you have to be enrolled into school. Um, but they got to do something a little bit more convoluted than that because it's just going to be a free-for-all. But, yeah, I, to, to close on that thought, I, I just don't understand why Jimbo isn't just embracing it. And just, I mean, it's not even being the villain. It's just, I mean, look, it's, it's a business. I mean, smart, smart business to just be like, hey, man, if you don't like it, sorry. Exactly. And I think his point to some extent was he was trying to say that coaches are not saying we'll give you X amount of money in turn for your commitment, which is a fair point. But say that. Don't say that NIL had nothing to do with your recruiting class. It's ridiculous. I mean, and, and Lane said, you know, you talk about the salary cap. I think that's a fair idea. I don't know what that looks like. And that's not up for me to decide. But think of it this way. Ole Miss's enrollment, give or take, is about 25000 Texas A&M's enrollment, give or take, is about 75000 So every year, 50,000 more people are graduating from Texas A&M who can then give back to that university on top of the fact that oil is skyrocketing, there's just more money there. There's just more money in Texas right now. And to say that NIL had nothing to do with your recruiting class is a ludicrous statement. To say that you have been very adamant that coaches have not paid recruits directly in turn for their commitment is a completely fair thing to say because that would be against the rules. You cannot come out and say, if you sign here, we can get you X, Y, and Z NIL deal. If you sign with Texas A&M, if you sign with Ole Miss, if you sign with Alabama, we'll get you a truck. 
but you can say, hey, if you sign here, look at our other players who have already gotten the truck. Does that sound like something you might want? Embrace it. It's business. Jimbo, I'm done with you. And I'm going to keep my <laughs> name, your name out of my mouth from this point forward. As long as you keep mine, although my name is not sliced bread, out of yours. <laughs> uh, what a time. All right, we're going to take our first break. Hear from the sponsors to make the show possible. I forgot to tease it at the start because I was so anxious to get into the Jimbo talk and hear your piece there. Um, we do have a couple of interviews uh, from Jordan Watkins and Aishim Young on the show today, so hang tight. Stick around for those as well. But we're going to take the break here. Listen to the sponsors, and we'll be right back with more of Not Committed. Hang tight. This podcast is brought to you by Lamar Yard, Oxford's indoor-outdoor restaurant bar and entertainment space on South Lamar in Oxford. 10,000 square feet of indoor space and three quarters of an acre of outdoor space complete with a full stage indoor and outdoor projectors, three bars, a children's playground and parking on site for you to come and enjoy all of their open fire barbecue and the fixings that come with it. And now you can contact Lamar Yard and ask them about their catering and private event rental options. Perfect for that next big celebration and or the Grove party in the fall or if you want to inquire about doing some catering in the spring for Ole Miss baseball. They are your quintessential family and pet-friendly venue, and they look forward to hosting you soon. Check them out at lamaryard.com. Football season is back at Ole Miss. As we all know, we are rolling in to the end of the 2021 season. And if you want a place for clever dishes and captivating cocktails, look no further than So Wild and South Lamar. Chef Erica and her committed team of food and beverage enthusiasts are bringing top-notch cuisine and libations to you six days a week. Whether it's happy hour three to six, fresh squeezed margaritas, ramen, two for one Moscow mules, all of that and more, the best and brightest in house or via curbside pickup. Check them out, solaoxford.com or call them at 662 238 3500 and place your order today. Show also brought to you by Memphis restauranteur Kelly English and his restaurant group in Memphis, Tennessee. The renowned chef and his team are offering nationwide shipping and virtual cooking classes with Cooking with Kelly. You can learn more about the nationwide shipping at irisetc.com. And you can also book a virtual cooking class online at table22.com slash iris. Kelly English Restaurant Group in Memphis, Second Line Restaurant Iris, and the Magnolia House down on the coast in Biloxi. The show is also brought to you by Cherokee Valley Golf Course in Olive Branch, Mississippi. Get on over, see Cody Allen and the rest of the crew take on their challenge of the wide plush Zoiza fairways and large championship Bermuda greens. They've got two putting greens to hone in your game with the flat stick, the driving range, and a chipping green to tighten up that short game. Book a tee time online at olivebranchgolf.com or give them a call at 662-893-4444. And we are back here, not committed. Zach Barry, Grayson Weir. We asked for some questions. Um, that's kind of what the Thursday show has kind of devolved into. We talk about a myriad of topics, and then we have our mailbag. We uh, we throw out there. It's been great. Um, shout out to everybody, Om Spirit, part of On3, um, giving us uh, some content, asking questions uh, with, uh, you know, a, a nice variety of things. Uh, so we'll jump into it here. Uh, first one, Arch, referring to Arch Manning was quoted to uh, not want to step right in and a title contender. Is that still true? How could one have that thought process and want to step into Georgia or Alabama? 
um, that already have five-star freshmen on the roster. Would he really want to play in the same division as Ole Miss? Obviously, if he doesn't choose Oxford and stay in the SEC. Um, I don't I don't know. I mean, maybe the quote was a little misconstrued. I mean, I, I think he, he obviously doesn't have a problem with stepping into a title contender because of some of the programs that are uh, involved with him, kind of rumored to be in the top, you know, four or five, whatever it may be. Um, I think it was probably more of him saying he wanted to earn it. He didn't want to, uh, you know, be thrown into a situation where it's everything's given to him. I think he, I think he embraces the competition part of being a quarterback. Uh, I think it was kind of more of a quote that was, you know, Hey, I'm not afraid of competition. I'm not afraid of going somewhere and having to work to earn a spot to um, help a team win a title. Um, I mean, if, if that's if the quote was literally what the quote was, then Alabama and Georgia wouldn't be involved. Um, it'd be more Texas, Clemson, Ole Miss. Um, I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, I think that at the end of the day, the, the folks that are involved with him, there are several title contenders in the mix. Yeah, I think I think you summed it up perfectly. I think it was more so, hey, I'm not afraid to go where I want to go or where I need to go. I'm not looking to go to an Alabama or a Georgia necessarily. I don't think that means he's like opposed to going to an Alabama or Georgia because who would turn down the idea of competing for a national championship right away? I think it was more so, hey, I'm okay with going to a school that isn't necessarily going to be in it right away. I'm okay with, you know, sitting for a year if I have to. Like at Texas, he said before that he's okay with the fact that Quinn Ewers is there and he would probably have to sit his freshman year if he were to go to Texas. I'm with you. I think it was not necessarily misconstrued, but maybe taken in a way that he didn't mean in that he's okay sitting back and making the right decision for him, wherever that is, he's not just looking to go step into a national title contender necessarily. So I'm with yeah. you there. All right. Uh, we got another one. Who are the biggest impact new additions to next year's team on offense and defense? And then they want to know if Taiwan Malone will have an increased role next year. Uh, I'll answer the, uh, the latter first. I do think Taiwan Malone has a big impact. Um, they didn't want to rush him in to playing a ton in 2021. He was coming off that knee injury that he had in senior year of high school. Um, and Ole Miss had some guys that, that really stepped up on the D-line last year. Uh, Sam Williams obviously had a big, big year, All-American. He's down in Mobile right now, killing it at Senior Bowl after uh, having a, a great showing at the NFLPA game. Um, I, I think that it was just a matter of the coaches were just – playing it safe and they didn't want to rush him back. I think he'll, he'll absolutely be in the mix in the two deep. He's going to play baseball in the spring, but um, you know, he, he knows the deal there. Um, he'll be juggling both spring practice, baseball, all that. Um, as far as impact guys, new additions, man, take your pick. I think Jackson Dart is going to be the starting quarterback in 2022. I'll go ahead and say that now, um, you know, sound the, uh, the hip hop horn. Um, Sound effect. Ah. We'll, add it, we'll add it in post. I think he's a starter. <laughs> I think I think Michael Trigg is going to be a guy that puts up numbers in this offense. Um, Zach Evans, 
another guy. I think him, along with Kentrell Bullock, and I do think Quinshawn Judkins is going to get some touches as a freshman. Um, it's hard to pick just one. I mean, I think that they they hit in the portal. They hit on guys that are not only capable of being instant impact, but also have multiple years of eligibility. Um, I think Ladarius Tennyson and Aishim Young, who we'll hear from later, um, are going to have quite an impact on that defense uh, with Jake Springer out. Uh, those two guys give them a lot of flexibility. I, I think the, you're hearing a lot of rumblings about Otis Reese, um, maybe putting on a little bit more weight, stepping down into the box, be a little bit closer to the line of scrimmage. Um, adding those two guys gives you the, the luxury of doing that. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. You, you can name some here that I'm that I'm leaving out. I mean, Mason Brooks on the offensive line. I mean, who who do you got out there as an impact guy out of the out of the the new group coming into town? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the easy answer is Jackson Dart because I'm right there with you. Sound sound the horn again. I won't I won't make the sound effect again for all those listening at home, um, for sake of your ears. But Jackson Dart's ob- the obvious one. I think he'll be the starting quarterback. But looking a little deeper into the, the class, I, th- I think the two biggest kind of kind of impact guys will be Troy Brown at linebacker. He's going to, I think, be a very big factor with Chance Campbell heading out. And he's actually playing really well at the East West Shrine Bowl right now. Shout out to Chance. Um, but I think, I think he's going to be very important stepping into that linebacker spot for a core that needs some stability. I think he's going to be able to provide that immediately. I talked about Jared Ivey last time, and then I'm totally with you. Um, on Mason Brooks. I think Mason Brooks is going to be huge. I mean, we saw against Baylor, uh, the protection definitely struggled. And a lot of that was on Nick Broker, um, which was a little bit surprising. Perhaps maybe that's some of the reason he came back, but Nick Broker is going to be able to find himself again. He'll be just fine. No reason to worry about him, but being able to protect both sides of Jackson Dart um, or the starting quarterback, if it's Altmeyer, but both sides of Jackson Dart uh, with Brooks and Broker is going to be huge. Uh, yeah, another guy we, we haven't talked about. I, I think Troy Brown is going to be a starter on defense at linebacker. The staff loves what he brings to the table. Um, you mentioned Chance Campbell's gone. Mark Robinson's gone. They're going to need an impact dude at linebacker. I think he gives them that immediately. Um, but, yeah, I, man, it's hard. I mean, the, the transfer class has so many instant impact guys. I mean the two interviews that you're going to hear on the show, I think both of them are going to have a huge role on the 2022 team. And let's go ahead and tee it up here. You know, this is look professional segue here. We'll tee it up. First one uh, we hear from Jordan Watkins, the former Louisville wide receiver. I spoke with him has now reported to Oxford. He is in the middle of spring training, spring practice, spring workouts, whatever you want to call it. We were just uh, talking before we started about uh, the rigors of getting acclimated and uh, getting into uh, a groove and getting settled. So, Jordan, thanks for joining us, man. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm glad to be here. We'll start off with a softball. Won't hit you too hard right off the bat. But um, first impressions of Oxford's food scene. What are uh, some some favorite local spots now that you're uh, enrolled and and living in Oxford? Uh, Yeah, so I I really haven't got – I really haven't got to get out and really like try some of the uh, some of the local areas. Um, one of my former coach uh, coaches at Louisville told me, um, Coach Brewer, um, kind of you know gave me some hints on some places to go try, and uh, you know I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get out and go try some. But 
other than uh, you know the local spots um you know just uh the food seems a lot different here um and uh you know the the food the food is very good here i, I will say that the, the food is very good in oxford <laughs> All right, uh, you know, leaving Louisville, heading over to Ole Miss, going from the ACC to the SEC. Um, the answer might be obvious here, but I, I want to get your thoughts on just why the move and uh, why Ole Miss. Yeah, um, yeah, one hundred percent. So, kind of, kind of the things that uh, led to my transfer um, was, you know, I, I kind of wanted to be a slot receiver. Um, you know, I kind of wanted to be that hybrid guy that uh, went outside, but played mostly in the slot. And uh, Louisville really just didn't see me as a slot receiver. Um, but uh, but Coach Kiffin and, and Coach Nix definitely did. Um, and whenever they reached out, you know, I kind of was super excited about the, the opportunity to get to play for Oxford, um, uh, to play in Oxford and to play at uh, Ole Miss. Um, but, you know, just going back and, and looking at the guys that, that Coach Kiffin has coached, um, you know, the list goes on and on uh, whenever he was at Alabama, um, now at Ole Miss, and he's still doing the same thing. Um, just look at look at just guys like um, uh, Drummond and uh, Matt Corral, you know, the the work that he was able to do with those guys and, and the success that they had here at Ole Miss. Um, you know, it's, it's very eye-appealing um, as a receiver, um, just, you know, just kind of looking at his resume and the things that he's been able to do with his players. I wanted to ask you, and you kind of touched on it there, um, your role at Louisville, you did a little bit of everything there, uh, but you mentioned the appeal of going to Ole Miss to, to be a, you know, slot receiver and, and, and to, you know, kind of round your game out and, and being more focused on that. But you, you you did some uh, you did some things in the backfield at Louisville, um, and then you know obviously played on the outside and played some on the inside. Right. Um, last season, thirty five receptions, five hundred twenty nine yards, four touchdowns, over fifteen yards a catch. Uh, what was it that Kiffin and, and Nick's, um, you know, I guess pitched to you and kind of how you fit in their offense and uh, how do you think um, you'll be best utilized? Uh, this season? Yeah, 100%. Um, so, you know, the kind of the, the pitch that they had used um, was Elijah Moore, um, kind of similar to when he was here. Um, and the things that they were able to do with him and, uh, you know, just moving him all around the field, kind of like what, uh, what they did with Drummond this year. If you go back and watch the tape, um, Drummond kind of lined up in the tight end spot. Um, he came out, he came from the backfield um, with handoffs and, and stuff like that. And you know, just just getting the playmaker the ball, really. Um, that was kind of the most eye-appealing thing for me was is that Coach Kiffin knows how to get guys um, the ball. Um, you know, his playmakers the ball any way possible. So, um, yeah, just going back and looking at uh, the, how they utilized Elijah Moore and what they were able to do with him, um, you know, kind of caught my attention. Um, you know, put him in the backfield and uh, give him a handoff and and then putting him on jet sweeps and just and just really just getting the ball in his hands and just letting him do what he does. Um, and that, that's kind of the biggest eye appealing things for me. And that's kind of like what they pitched. And and, you know, it just worked out. Before you made your decision to go to Ole Miss and before the conversations were had with with Kiffin and, and Nick's, what, what all did you know about Ole Miss? Um, 
did you catch yourself watching games or is it just kind of a, you know, a quick Google search and you familiarize yourself with the school and with the program? Did you, did you know much about them at all before you made the decision? Well, you know, um, whenever I was at Louisville, coach Gunnar Brewer, um, his dad was a head coach here and, uh, and, you know, he was a coach here himself. So I, I knew a little bit about Ole Miss, um, you know, and we also played him during the season. So I got to watch their offense uh, firsthand. Um, and, you know, but other than that, I really didn't know too much about Ole Miss. Um, you know, I obviously had to do my research once Coach Nix reached out to me, um, just like any player would do um, whenever it comes to recruitment or transferring and, and all that other stuff. So, um, no, I really didn't know too much about Ole Miss um, other than that, uh, you know, they had Coach Kiffin as the coach and, and they were on a, a uprising in their program. It's a great segue there. I wanted to, to ask you about Kiffin and um, kind of get your thoughts on him. And, you know, he's he, he's such a, a larger than life figure on social media. Um, yeah, he, he's obviously the head coach of an SEC program. So um, so that's big. And, you know, he had history at at Southern Cal, he was at Tennessee, Alabama, FAU before he got to Ole Miss. But just the, the social media, you know, personality, um, does that come out when you talk with him on the phone or in person? Or is it, is it a very different, you know, does he, does he flip a switch when he's, when he's on Twitter or Instagram? Um, you know, that's a funny question um, because, you know, I've seen both sides of Coach Kiffin. Um, I've seen, I've seen the, the Twitter side of them in person. And then I've seen the, the, the serious Kiffin in person as well. Um, I think that he does, I think that he knows how to flip, uh, the switch whenever he wants to. Um, but to me, coach Kiffin's just pretty much all about business. Um, you know, whenever he flips that switch, whenever it's time to come play ball and whenever it's time to talk ball, uh, he definitely flips that switch and it's just all business for him. Um, and I think that's what makes him so special as a coach because, you know, he knows how to flip that switch. And whenever it comes to football, you know, he takes it very serious um, as anyone should. Uh, so, yeah, I've kind of seen both, both sides, the goofy side of them and the serious side of them as well. And just a follow up to that, I know just talking with, several recruits and, and guys that are in the program now that a lot is made about the, there's like a healthy mix of the pro mindset that they talk a lot about and, and getting prepared for the next level. But then there's also a, a good mix of just a laid back, you know, you know, have fun while you work type attitude that it seems that the whole staff kind of personifies. You see them, you know, playing wiffle ball on Fridays and they, they, you know, mix up and put the defensive guys on, on offense and the offensive yeah. guys on defense, you know, in your short time that you've been there on campus and been in the program, have you sensed that as well? Yeah. Um, yeah. Since that 100%, you know, since I've got here, you know, I've felt nothing but love and, and uh, respect from a lot of the other players and um, you can definitely tell that the guys have fun. Uh, they like being at the stadium. You know, they like being around the facilities. Um, and I think that's huge whenever you look at a program because, um, because in order to be successful, you have to have fun. 
Um, and, you know, you can't just be football, football, football all the time. Um, yeah, that's the sport that we play, but you also have to have fun while you do it. There has to be a balance. Um, and I think, you know, just my short time of being here that I've found that balance. Um, and you can see that balance um, between the coaches and the players and just everybody around, really, um, all the way down to the, you know, the people in the cafeteria, you know, the, those guys and those girls, they all have smiles on their faces. You know, it's fun for them. They all like to interact with the players um, and the coaches as well. So and I think that's what makes it so special here, because it's really a family atmosphere. I don't know how much you've kept up with it um, myself and my colleagues and in, in the industry that we're in. It, it's it, it's all that we do. It's it's what people crave. But, you know, recruiting is, is such a big part of college football and in the, the the everybody consumes it at such a rapid rate. You know, we're, we're recording yeah. this on National Signing Day. Ole Miss is is not doing much on National Signing Day. They handled all their business in December and, and through the portal. Um how much have you kept up with the success that Ole Miss has had in the portal? Um, you know, yourself, you, you, you jumped in there pretty quickly. Um, but the class that they've been able to put together with some of these high profile transfers, um, they, they had a, a flurry of guys at the end of January that jumped in. Um, you know, you've got the, the marquee names at, at quarterback with Jackson Dart. You've got a tight end Michael Trigg that was out there in Los Angeles with him, but then, you know, you've got some defensive guys mixed in, some offensive linemen, some linebackers, some DBs, um, you know, five-star Zach, Zach Evans from TCU. I mean, you're there with these guys now. Most of them are there. Yeah. Um, you, you know, what's the sense around the, the program right now? You know, it's a long time before September. You guys have got spring, summer, and then fall camp before games start. But coming off a season where almost won 10 games in the regular season for the first time in its program's history mm -hmm. and, and, you know, going to the sugar bowl and, and everything like that. I mean, is there a vibe around the team right now that, you know, Hey, we, we've got some, some pretty talented dudes coming in. We could uh, maybe re replicate that or maybe do something, something bigger. Yeah. 1000%. Um, you know, just being here, you know, with the new strength coach, it's, it's funny coach Savage that he had actually talked to us yesterday after our lift um, and told us, you know, if you go back and watch some of the film um, from Ole Miss's last season, you know, you're just four or five plays away in every game from being undefeated and being in the national championship and being in the SEC championship, um, you know, and, and, and going and watching the film and trying to learn the offense and stuff like that. If you go back and watch the film, you know, he's right. If you go back and and look at it for four or five plays and, and you could possibly be undefeated in the SEC, um, not just in the SEC, but the SEC West as well. Um, and everybody knows that the SEC West is probably the dominant um, division in, you know, all of college football. So, um, and he preaches it all the time, you know, you got to win the West. So I think all the guys understand that, uh, you know, we, we got we got kind of a chip on our shoulder. Um, even the transfers, we got a chip on our shoulder because you know we're, we're leaving a program to go to a new program. So we got to prove ourselves as well, not only to the team, but to the fan base as well um, and to the school itself. So I think a lot of the energy around the facility is that you know we're here to, to win the national championship, but first we got to win the West um, and then the rest will take care of itself.
Um, but that's where it starts. And, and all the guys understand that. And we got to and we got to just go out and execute whenever September does come around. But right now we're just we're in the lab and we're working. Hi, Jordan. Um, appreciate the time, man. That was great. Uh, I'm sure next time we uh, we talk, you'll have to give me the rundown on some of your favorite local spots. You'll you'll have some time by then to, to yeah, get out and taste the local fare. But uh, thanks again, Jordan Watkins, um, wide receiver, Ole Miss. Until next time, man. Have a good one. You too. Podcast brought to you by Protection Unlimited Incorporated, the Mid-South's leader in commercial and residential alarm security. Wayne Lowry and his team have been serving the greater Memphis area and North Mississippi for 50 plus years and would love to get your business and or family protected today. They offer cutting edge security for your home or business with video surveillance options and they're monitoring 24 7 365. You can reach them via phone at 901-754-6510 or email them at info at protectionunlimited.com. Podcast also comes to you thanks to Bluff City Advisory Group, Memphis's leading team of finance professionals. They can provide advanced assistance with financial planning, pension and qualified plan support, and business and estate planning strategies. Former Ole Miss Rebel and founding partner Ben Still, along with his elite level customer service team, make it their goal to help you meet the ongoing demands of your financial needs. Learn more about them at bluffcityadvisory.com. Podcast brought to you by the Barry Home Team. You're ready to sell and make the most net profit from your home. Call Stacy and Rick Berry today. They will lead you through the process from property assessment, repairs, staging, and putting that sold sign in your yard. Both have earned the multi-million dollar club member status, and they would love to assist you today in your real estate ventures. Call them 901-481-6420 or 901-461-6421. After you have talked to the Berry Home Team, you can talk to Saddle Creek Title, another proud sponsor of the show. They're the Mid-South's leader in client-focused, innovative closing solutions. Neil Hanna and his team are more than just a real estate closing firm. They are dedicated to going the distance to ensure the ease and growth of your real estate business. Find more information at SaddleCreekTitle.com or call them 901-753-1600. Show brought to you by Davis McCord State Farm. If you're looking for good neighbor service and surprisingly great insurance rates, look no further than Davis and his team. They are your one-stop shop in Alabama, Arkansas, Tennessee, and Mississippi for the service you deserve at the price you want. So stop looking around. Give Davis a call. He is ready to help. 901-755-6110 and get your surprisingly great rates today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. The older I get, the more I realize there are just some things I don't know. Balancing a budget, for example. I'm not a financial whiz. Sure, I know batting averages, passing and rushing yards, three-point shooting percentage, but intentionally putting away money for retirement? That's where my friends at NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast come in. NerdWallet's trusted financial journalists use fact-based reporting for some much-needed clarity in the financial world, helping you make smarter decisions with your money. The nerds have helped me get smarter about things like planning my tax bills so I don't dread April every single year. Actually, I was one of the first in line this time around. Saving on travel so that I can take my girls on trips. Because spending less on airfare means more money for an extra night and maybe a fancy dinner too. So enjoy the things you love, the Ole Miss Rebels, your family, your friends, knowing that your financial situation is taken care of with advice that you followed from NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app today. Trust me, future you will thank you. 
Thank you, Mr. Watkins. Uh, appreciate the time there. Um, talking with him about uh, getting into uh, getting into Oxford, getting settled. Um, still got to follow up with him. Get some uh, get some takes on the local local cuisine. He hasn't experienced it yet. Got to got to figure out uh, who has the best burger in town. I got to ask the new guys that. Um, <laughs> all right. So next one uh, with all the hype surrounding Arch Manning, what other quarterbacks in this class would uh, would almost love to have if Arch were to go somewhere else? Um, let's see. I mean, looking at who they've offered in 2023, um, I mean, Arch is, is by and large the number one target for them overall and at quarterback. Uh, I think if you're looking at other quarterbacks, um, Nico Amaliva out of uh, Downey, California, the big 6'6", 200-pounder uh, out of Warren High School, um, he's already been to Oxford, taken a visit, um, really enjoyed it. Uh, another guy that, uh, another California guy, I would, I would tell you to, to keep an eye on for now, Jaden Rashada out of Pittsburgh, California. He has also been on campus at Ole Miss. Um, uh, Chris Fizina from Birmingham, Alabama. I think Clemson is probably the early favorite there. Have you had to, Make me name one more. I'd say Avery Johnson is kind of a dark horse guy down the list, but um, kind of built like Matt Corral. Um, the other guys that I had talked about are pretty uh, elite measurables. Um, Nico Amaliva, 6'6", 200. Uh, he's, a, he's a tall drink of water, and he needs to add some weight, but 6'6", you can't teach that. Um, Rashada's 6'4". Um, Bazina 6'3". Avery Johnson's right there, 6'1", 6'2". Kind of built a lot like Matt Corral. Has a similar game, uh, runs it well. Those are probably the names I would say at quarterback right now that you need to keep an eye on. Um, and it's, it's funny. See a lot, a lot of California. A lot of California out there. Um, all right. Uh, Grayson, help me out here. Any other potential portal pickups? Um, I've got a couple in mind, and we've updated the hot list, but who else you got on your radar? Well, we, I mean, we talked about it a little bit last week. I think the big one that would be the biggest fish to land would be Brew McCoy. Um, his situation, we talked about it on, on Tuesday or whenever it was, but his situation is a little tricky. He's been to USC to Texas, back to USC, suspended at USC. There's been all kinds of kind of wishy-washy stuff there. But he's looking for a fresh start. Ole Miss has proven that it can produce NFL wide receivers. He is pretty much the stereotypical guy that has succeeded at Ole Miss in terms of size, physicality, and speed. Um, obviously AJ Brown's a little smaller, DK Metcalf's a little bigger, but when you split the difference, Brew McCoy falls in that range, give or take, uh, kind of halfway between the two of them, similar to a Dontario Drummond. Um, I, I think he's the big fish that if Ole Miss had a, you know, a Christmas list for Santa and you rank it in terms of guys that you're looking for, I think he's top of mind. And so I don't know what truth there is to 
the idea of him coming. I think there's a long way to go with Brew. But if you can get Brew McCoy in Oxford, I mean, he becomes wide receiver one almost immediately um, and would make a huge impact there. So he's the name that I would, I would say if, you know, we're getting out into the hypotheticals here where Ole Miss fans can, can create their wish lists and do not tweet at recruits, do not tweet recruits. But if you were thinking about it, don't do it. But if you were thinking about it, he would be the guy that you would tweet at because I, I think if you can get him in Oxford, that's an immediate impact. Yeah, uh, they, they picked up Malik Keith earlier this week. That was expected. He won't report until the summer, obviously, with the uh, previous tampering allegations. Uh, so he is not allowed to be on campus or enroll, I should say, until the summer. Um, I'll throw this out at you. You mentioned McCoy. Um, you want to talk about a mismatch nightmare and honestly kind of reminds me of the mid-2000s Missouri teams when Gary Pinkle had Chase Daniel and they had the Twin Towers that tied in with Martin Rucker and Chase Kaufman. Think about an offense where you have Brew McCoy as an H-back type guy and then Michael Trigg is like a true, you know, almost like an ex-tight end. I mean, think about those two guys – work in the middle of the field. Um, now, I mean, M- McCoy is, you know, well, I don't know. I mean, at this day and age with, with tight ends and how they're utilized, especially, you know, college and in the NFL now, um, I mean, 225, 230, I mean, that's that could be a tight end. Um, he certainly has the skill set and um, the ability to play receiver. But, man, could you imagine those two guys on the field at the same time? Um that's just scary. Um, as far as anyone else, uh, you know, Deion Smith is obviously still out there. He's working through the academic side of things. Again, it's you have to mention he still is in the portal. He has not removed his name. If he had, if he had done that, it would have been over. He's staying at LSU. Um, I'm still skeptical, but you have to mention that. He is still in the portal. So it remains to be seen what he's going to do. But if he's still in the portal, you have to think that he's holding out to go back to his home state and play at Ole Miss. Um, I would think that things are probably a little more enticing to go to Ole Miss now that they have a guy like Jackson Dart. And, you know, no offense to Luke Altmaier, but, I mean, Jackson Dart, a little bit more cachet, a bigger name. Uh, Deion Smith was reportedly pretty, pretty excited uh, via Instagram about uh, some recent developments with the portal. Obviously, he's friends with Malik Heath, being a Mississippi guy. Um, yeah, I would say those are some names to keep an eye on. Uh, Javarius Johnson, the Auburn receivers in the portal. Um, Ole Miss could be potentially looking to add him uh, as a slot receiver to go along with Jordan Watkins. Um, uh, you know, a guy that has uh, big playability, um, small in stature, but uh, really shifty in space and is, you know, has home run speed. Um, flashed that a little bit in 2021, had the long touchdown grab against Arkansas. Um, had some big catches during the 2021 season. Um, outside of that, they're probably going to look a little bit more into the portal for some defensive guys, uh, see who else gets in. Uh, I mean, Kiffin said as much in his press conference, they're going to evaluate the roster up until the summer and getting ready for fall camp. I mean, he, 
he referenced how they added Orlando Omana, you know, last summer before they got into fall camp. So they're always going to be evaluating. All right, Grayson, next question here. Um, is the 2022 defensive line group the deepest Ole Miss has had? Can't think of a time that they've had as many legit SEC guys. Um, there's been some really talented groups at Ole Miss up front. I mean, you go back to the 2008 defense, um, Parade Jerry, Greg Hardy, uh, Emmanuel Stevens. Uh, you know, they had a, a really talented group there um, back in 2014, 2015. Robert Kimdichie, Isaac Gross. Um, you know, Marquise Haynes was in that group. Um, you know, Fidel Brown. Uh, they've had some really talented groups uh, in the past, but this one, um, I'll say this, it's unfair, it's hypothetical, but if Sam Williams was still there, I'd, I'd probably put it up there as one of the best. But, um, you know, you bring back Cedric Johnson, a guy that quietly had six and a half sacks last year. Uh, I think they're going to be really counting on a guy like Brandon Mack to come back off injury and, and play play a big role. Uh, somebody like Demon Clowney needs to step up. Jack Brown's moved down to the defensive side, uh, defensive end, I should say. Uh, Tavius Robinson, another year, he got better and better uh, as the year went on. Um, and then you throw in a guy like Jared Ivy, who you're really high on. I mean, it's the question. It, it, okay, the question's fair. Deepest. Maybe. Um, I wouldn't necessarily say it's the best, but it, it's pretty deep when you throw in a Taiwan Malone and Talik Robbins, Jamon Gordon, Isaiah Iton. It, it's it's cert I'll say this, it certainly looks like an SEC defensive line. And that's refreshing because that has not been the case in recent years. And so the question is fair. Deepest potentially. Do I think that it has um a significantly high ceiling to reach the caliber? of some of those classes that you mentioned, 2008, 2012, 2013, 14, whatever. Um, I think the ceiling is there. It's just a matter of how they actually end up performing on the field in terms of depth. Yeah. There's a lot of guys you can rotate in and out there. It's just a question of who really steps up, who, how it shakes out. And then if you're right, like those guys kind of on the, the lower end of the roster and we already talked about them, so I won't spend too much time, but a guy like Taiwan Malone, is a SEC caliber guy who didn't see the field, but one game last year. So if he's able to step into that role, that core group of top guys in that class becomes significantly deeper. So deep. Yes. Most talented. We'll have to see, but I think the potential could be there because you're right. I'm so high on Jared Ivy. And I think he could be, you know, one of the best to ever leave Oxford when it's all said and done. So I guess we'll have to wait and see, but deep is a very fair word to use. Speaking of deep, uh, the secondary is, uh, is going to be deep uh, in 2022. Um, and we spoke with a, a member of the secondary, a new member, I should say, Aishim Young, the former Iowa State defensive back, uh, Big 12, defensive freshman of the year in 2020. I spoke with him uh, about his time getting settled in Oxford, getting ready for spring practice. Thanks for joining, man. How are you? Everything good over here. This is good to be in Oxford. Good, man. Well, uh, first and foremost, let's, uh, let's get into it. I, I, I'm sure you've been asked it plenty, but uh, we're going to talk about it here real quick. 
um, what went into the decision um, to get into the portal, and then ultimately what uh, what made you choose Ole Miss? Um, I had a lot of uh, different personal reasons on leaving Iowa State, but um, the reason I chose Ole Miss, I was uh, one of the reasons was Coach, Coach Partridge. Like I was filling every coach out, but Coach Partridge stood out from different coaches. Then when uh, uh, Tashim, Tashim, the one that's from back home with me, he told me all about it. So I knew the ins and out to the school and with, like how it really is. So I decided I wanted to come play, play with him and play on the Coach Partridge, get ready, you know, to go win the season. So you were uh, – look, I mean, it, it wasn't um, – you said it was personal reasons. It, it certainly wasn't for, uh, for, for lack of uh, playing time or making plays when you were at Iowa State. Uh, you were Big 12 Freshman Defensive Player of the Year and uh, were a guy that you know, just kind of all over the place. Um, Ole Miss runs, uh, you know, a defense, a 3-2-6, very active with guys all around the line of scrimmage. What was – their pitch to you and, and kind of uh, how do you think you fit in in the scheme? Um, like I'd be like, – because uh, Iowa State, we run a similar defense, so I'll basically be playing the same position and, like, moved around at different positions to show my versatile – how versatile I am. So, yeah, that's how – that's that's what that's another reason what made me choose Ole Miss, how Coach Parker was telling me how he was going to use me. So you're part of a 2022 signing class. Um, it, it's kind of a it's kind of a hybrid look to everything now with the transfer portal being such a big deal. You, you basically, you know, guys like you and, and the other guys in your class are kind of lumped in with the high school guys that signed in December. But um, it's a pretty solid group. It's solid is really an understatement. I mean, uh, it, the staff did a really nice job piecing together a bunch of high level guys like yourself and and some offensive guys thrown in there. Um, what's the vibe right now in the locker room, um, getting around all the new faces and, and, and meeting all the new guys and, and getting into spring workouts? I mean, I'm sure uh, the vibe is, is there's a lot of confidence uh, that comes with college athletes. But, I mean, I think you and everyone else probably senses, you know, it's a pretty good group that's gotten together, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> they made me uh... – my teammates made me feel like a home already, like I'm home already. Feel real comfortable. Workouts going smooth with the new scripts and conditioning coach. So everything following the process. I'm just working right now. Last year, Ole Miss was a, a defense that that really hit their stride kind of midway through the year, and then and then really hit some big strides as they closed the season. Um, just coming off of that 2021 season, um, despite the shakeup at defensive coordinator, I think um, a lot of people expect with guys like yourself and the, the influx of talent coming in, uh, the defense has a shot to uh, not really skip a beat. Um, as far as you, you said you're going to be playing that same position. Uh, what is everybody else talking about in terms of the defensive scheme and what you guys expect uh, going into next season, talking to Chris Partridge and, uh, and Chris Kiffin. Um, right now we just taking step by step. I mean, he haven't really saying, haven't been talking about like what we're going to do for the season, but we all know the goal. 
<clears throat> I think we're gonna be a dominant defense next next season. But we ain't really beginning to that right now. We're taking it step by step and just really getting into these winter workouts. And then next thing you know, getting ready for spring ball. But yeah, that's that's how we just really taking it right now, step by step, not trying to really think too far ahead. But I think we definitely, definitely gonna have a dominant defense next year. Next season to be that. I talked to your, your teammate and fellow transfer portal, um, Jordan Watkins earlier. I asked him what conversations and, and what being around uh, Lane Kiffin was like. You know, he has the, the larger than life Twitter persona. Um, you know, he's very active on Twitter, um, you know, very tongue in cheek, very sarcastic, but also very very targeted and, and very surgical with how he does things and how he markets the program. Uh, what is he like in, in the locker room being around him when he's off Twitter? Um, is it a little bit of the same or is it more business? You know, what's he like off, <laughs> offline? I mean, I ain't really get to uh, be around coach. You know, coaches is out recruiting these past couple weeks and I just got in about a week ago. So I ain't really get to, Feel that vibe yet, unquote. Because right now, how we don't want to work out is by groups. So, you know, and coach is just getting back, and I just got in about a week ago. So, we ain't really good to do that yet with coach. Feel the vibe. All right. Well, I'll follow that up since you haven't been able to be around him in person. Uh, what do you think of his Twitter game? I know um, making a lot of buzz last week, he was rocking the the Dior's um, in several of his pictures on Twitter. Um, but uh, I mean, how do you, how do you rate the shoe game? How do you rate uh, his Twitter game overall? I definitely feel him on his shoe game. That's that Philly swag right there. The shoe game, you give him the Dior. <laughs> That's that. I feel like, well, with his, with his Twitter, he lit on there, man. I mean, he just be having, enjoying what he do as a coach. All right, last thing, Ashim. I, I asked Jordan earlier. Um, he said he, he had yet to really get out there and uh, experience it, but you've been in Oxford. Uh, I guess how, how long have you been in Oxford, I guess, reported there? Like a week. Okay, that's, that's plenty of time. Um, have you been able to find a favorite place to eat yet? Uh, nah, not yet, not yet. <laughs> not yet. All right, well, Next time, next time we, we talk, we'll, we'll have to talk some restaurants and, and see, uh, see how it compares to, to the restaurant game up in Philly. But, um, Aishim, appreciate the time, man. I'm sure we'll do it again soon. Uh, good luck with everything in spring drills. And uh, the rest of the way, we'll, uh, we'll talk later this spring, man. Thank you. I appreciate you, man. Thank you to Aishim. Pleasure talking with him as well. Again, another guy, Grayson, I struck out. I asked him about the local fare, and he uh, he has not had a chance to uh, to sample any of it. So I'm going to have to circle back with him as well. Um, all right, so last couple things here before we wrap up. Um, here's one. Uh, ben suggested on their show that Ole Miss will make room for more transfers. Um so I was asking, do we have to worry about Ole Miss pushing the, quote, legal limits of the transfer portal a bit too much? Um, going further to say that Lane Kiffin went on record saying that teams are buying players, more or less suggesting that Ole Miss's money loses out to other schools' money. I don't think they're going to test the legal limits. Um, are there legal a lot limits? Of, I mean, 
who could say? I don't know. I haven't looked at some fine print. Um, Seems like the Wild West to me. I, I guess that right now it's it's easier to ask for forgiveness and permission. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of what Lane says is true, but I think a lot of it is tongue-in-cheek. He's having fun. Um, you know, make room for more transfers. I mean, they've got a couple spots left um, to count towards this class, but I, there's going to continue to be attrition. There's going to continue to be, you know, guys leaving Ole Miss, leaving other schools um, after spring practice, after summer workouts. You know, maybe they're not getting the reps that they think they should. Um, maybe the, you know, it's not a good fit. They want to go somewhere else. Like it's, it's just, it's always going to be constantly evolving, but I mean, I don't think they're going to test any legal limits. I mean, I think Ole Miss kind of knows what they're doing. Lane Kiffin and the staff have done a nice job operating within the quote unquote budget. Um, they've been successful with what they've done. And, you know, uh, I think that they have done a really nice job juggling selling the program and, and, and getting things worked out with NIL. I mean, I think uh, a lot of it, you know, I've talked with both Jordan Watkins and Ashim Young and they both talked about, um, you know, what drew them to the program and how everything was, was so laid back and everybody was having fun. You know, it's like a, a workmanlike mentality, but mostly having fun doing it. So I think that the, the culture and the, the energy around the program in the locker room is what is drawing guys in. Um, you know, like Michael Triggs' father was talking about um, getting his son ready for the NFL. You know, that's something that, that Kiffin and them throw around a lot. Pro mindset is the term they use. So I think that's more of what they're selling right now. I don't think they're going to have – I don't think anybody needs to worry about testing legal limits. I would agree with that. And I don't – again, I don't even know what those, those legal limits are. I mean, I, 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 I don't think there really are that many defined – rules in regard to the transfer portal i think that will change but until there are and whatever the rules currently are i can't speak knowledgeably like you said on the fine print of the transfer portal but lane and his staff aren't going to push those rules they're going to do what is the rules are so open and undefined right now and lane said this on tuesday it, it pissed off jimbo the rules are so open and undefined right now that you can kind of do not whatever you want, but you can kind of do whatever you want. And so until those rules change, just like with the guys going down for injuries, Ole Miss is going to come out and Lane Kiffin's going to come out and say, hey, these things need to change. Just like he did before last season about faking injuries or going down with injury to stop the clock and ruin momentum, whatever you want to call it. Lane came out against that. They didn't do anything about it. So he took advantage of those rules. And until the rules are clearly defined, Ole Miss, Lane Kiffin, and the staff in Oxford are going to do exactly what they are allowed to do up until they're told they can't do that anymore. And I, I think that's what's awesome about the transfer portal right now but as lane has said as nick has said as nick and i are on a first name basis as nick saban has said it's going to change it has to change and until it does they're not going to push the limits i, I think i think they're going to do everything that is legal and allowed in their wheelhouse to land guys but they're not going to go out of their way to you know break rules or 
fleece rules or anything like that because there's just no need at any point in time but particularly right now you can you can succeed so well within the current defined really undefined rules and we've seen that with this transfer portal class then what's the point in pushing the limits if you can operate legally and be successful yeah i agree there uh, yeah i don't i think they're gonna they're gonna be they're gonna be thorough take their time like they've done since they've arrived in oxford they they're not going to exactly. panic. They're going to evaluate everything they can. Uh, and look, the coaches are going to be evaluating everything too in the spring and the summer and seeing what, you know, Hey, we need to, we need to get better at this position or we need to add one more piece here for, for depth purposes. So um, that's, that's going to be what they're going to constantly be doing uh, throughout this. So um, anything else, Bryson? We I think it's just here. when you talk about that, they're going to be constantly evaluating, looking for, we need to add this one piece here. It's interesting to note Lane has done this before. He hasn't done it on the collegiate level because this is all so new, but he was in the NFL. He has worked with managing a roster through free agency. He has worked with managing a roster through limitations of position count and caps and all of these things. So he has done this before and now he's just taking what he has done and what he knows how to do um, and applying it to the collegiate game. And I think that's really awesome. All right. That's going to do it here. Not committed. Full show. That was a lot. Um, we got uh, Grayson pissing off Jimbo Fisher. We did mm. some mailbag stuff. Um, and we, uh, we heard from Jordan Watkins and Aishim Young. So thanks to those two guys joining the show uh thanks to you the listener and thanks of course to the sponsors that make it all possible and thanks to grayson so buddy we'll talk next week um as i'm sure the portal will continue to turn and uh we'll probably have uh some more things to discuss next week there's always more to discuss zach always it never stops all right that's gonna do it for not committed thank you for joining us and we will talk to y'all next week we out Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc